Hey everyone, Jonathan Blackwood, Editorial Director of Commercial Integrator here. It's obviously been an unprecedented few weeks and will continue to be so for an unknown amount of time. The economy at large is being affected by COVID-19 and undoubtedly that will also affect the commercial integration industry in some way as well. However, I wanted to take this time to ask for people to look on the opportunity side. I was speaking to an integrator this week that mentioned that while schools and offices are closed and empty, they're actually getting work done. With so many different companies working remotely, opportunities for unified communications and collaboration software, video conferencing systems and technology, cybersecurity solutions, and other potentially out-of-the-box ideas are now options for integration firms. Customers that aren't prepared for an event like this will turn to their integration partners to help prepare them, to help get them ready, and to help get them back up to speed. And I'd just like to say that Commercial Integrator Magazine will be here to try and give you as much information and as much help as possible so that you can continue to sustain and even grow your business through and after this crisis. This isn't the same recession that we experienced in 2008. This is an extremely unique case. So instead of battening down the hatches and preparing for a failure that may not come and ideally will not come, instead look to the opportunity in the industry. Look to how you can help your customers out in this time. And make sure to check out commercialintegrator.com so we can let you know what other integrators are doing to help keep their businesses growing. Good luck to everyone, stay healthy, and I know that we'll all get through this together. Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, the senior web editor here at CI. And as you just heard from my boss, Jonathan, this is going to be a little bit of an unusual episode, and I guess, you know, obviously the reason for that is that it's been an unusual week and a half or so now. Obviously, COVID has been going on for longer than that, especially in other parts of the world. But here in the United States, it feels like only within the last, you know, I want to say five days, have people really started to see this as like a really serious thing. And, you know, I'm sure you've already heard that narrative, you know, many, many times. And we don't want to uh, to cover COVID in any kind of run-of-the-mill way. I mean, it's really having very specific effects on the AV industry. And also, we don't really want to be all doom and gloom anyway. I mean, I think that there are definitely some businesses that are going to experience some really hard times, but uh, there is sort of a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it's important to realize that this is not going to go on forever. Um, Jonathan already did that a moment ago, so I'm not going to go into that whole you know spiel again. But I definitely wanted to uh, just introduce today's uh, guests on the on the show. They're Lionel and Lindsay Felix of Felix Media Solutions. They're out of Austin, Texas. They're an incredible AV company because, you know, unlike many small businesses of any industry, they've really bothered to like think ahead. You know, and and they didn't always operate that way. Uh, it's it's always a little too easy not to have you know con contingency plans for you know emergencies in the economy like this, but they do, and I just wanted to sort of reframe this whole panic thing that's going on with COVID in a in a more positive way because there are things that you can do right now, even if you didn't have the plan that you know Lionel and Lindsay have. 
there are things that you can do to uh, to stay afloat in in this sort of uncertain economy surrounding the spread of this disease. So we really hope that you'll you'll come away from this interview feeling a little bit more optimistic. I know it's really easy to get kind of down in the dumps right now. It's really unsteady on our front, I'll be honest with you. We are all kind of worried about, you know, the future of our company and, and what we're doing here at CI, but you can't give in to uh, the worst case scenario kinds of visions. You have to keep moving forward. And I think that uh, this conversation that I just had with, with Lionel and Lindsay is uh, really, you know, enigmatic of that that kind of theme. So without further ado, I will uh, hop right into that interview. Thank you for listening to AV+. Thank you for uh, continuing to go to our website, commercialintegrator.com, for any kind of information you need surrounding running your AV integration business, watching out for events that are closing down. We have a full list of uh, pro AV events that have been either rescheduled or outright canceled surrounding COVID. So you can keep an eye on that if you were planning to go to any events this year, or at least in the next few months. Many of those uh, have already been canceled or pushed back. So if you need any kind of resource from us, we'll be happy to provide it for you in terms of running your business, keeping yourself aware of what's going on in the AV space. And uh, hopefully next week on the show, we'll have something a little bit more positive to report. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy this conversation with uh, with Lionel and Lindsay of uh, Felix Media Solutions. I hope you learn something from them. They're really wise people. So uh, listen up, uh, stay strong, stay positive, and uh, stay healthy. Lionel, could you just start us off by introducing yourself and your experience in AV thus far? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Lionel Felix. I run Felix Media Solutions. We're a commercial AV integrator based out of Austin, Texas. We focus primarily on Class A, B office space. We service the Austin area, but we are constantly going to other cities uh, around the country and around the world. And in fact, we've been in a race against time uh, trying to get people back from both coasts. And this morning, we collected the last two of our people from uh, New York City. We've been in Austin for five years. Uh, we have 25 people. And um, yeah, we mostly focus on uh, on office space. So, uh, in your your article that you wrote there, in the first paragraph, I noticed that you know you kind of made the admission, whether it's for yourself or for the community at large, that you know it's really easy to let your guard down, not to pay much attention to you know preparing for a bad economy, preparing for the worst in general. Um, before we talk more about you know where you see that in other integration firms, I wanted to, to know if you feel that you've been guilty of that before yourself, and if you have, at what point did you realize that you, you had to make a change? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that Lindsay and I were talking about that just a couple of minutes ago, where um, 2017 was a year that our business nearly failed. Um, we had no control over our finances. Uh, we had no visibility into them. And what had happened was is that we had poor bookkeeping at the time and it was a really easy for me to focus on, well, I can sell my way out of any trouble here. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people, a lot of people will admit and, and smile and nod their head and go, yeah, I've also tried to sell my way out of a problem. But uh, let me let Lindsay talk a bit more about that. 
So I guess a little bit of my background as it relates to this story. I was working in the company as a designer, doing bidding, design, a little bit of programming, when we lost our bookkeeping and kind of operations person. When she left, she gave two weeks notice to uh, Lennel's co-founder, who did not know that he knew something that no one else in the company knew. So three days before her departure, he picked up the phone, called Lionel and said, you know, what are we going to do when she's gone? And Lionel's like, you know, we've got bigger problems. We'll deal with that when we get to it. And he goes, well, we can talk about it today, Wednesday, or we can talk about it on Friday, but we need to talk about it. Lionel then picked up the phone and called me, who's driving to work. It was a nice day. And I remember him explaining that she was leaving, didn't know what was going on, you know, was really concerned because we had nearly run out of cash a couple of weeks prior. And I don't remember saying it, but I've heard the story enough times that I believe it to be true. My answer to him was, don't worry about it. I got this. It can't be that hard. That was the oversimplification of the century, for sure. But what we did was we quickly kind of took an assessment of our situation. I went after loads of uncollected AR, you know, cleaned things up. But I came into the role of, you know, kind of chief finance person and then CFO in a crisis. And so I came at this with the mentality that, you know, we'd been through one really nasty rainy day. Others would invariably happen. And so while we were still climbing out and recovering from that, I started building our company savings. We have set aside savings, a portion of every incoming dollar since the beginning of 2018. This has allowed us to function with a great deal of comfort and confidence now in that things are slowing down, that's, that's clear. It's amazing to me that our clients aren't, you know, more concerned or more, you know, even short-sighted about, oh my God, just stop everything. You know, we're going to come out on the other side of this. But what that savings has done has allowed us to assure our team that our values haven't changed. You know, we have always been a company that insists on operating in a calm manner. We have always been a company that values our employees. What are some of the things that you've seen in these firms not doing enough to prepare for something like what's going on right now? Number one, lack of cross-training. They need people to be constantly learning and constantly training. I've heard uh, people who've come to us and interviewed with us from big names that you know go, they, tell, they, they talk about how, why would I want to train you so you can go and get a higher paying job somewhere else? I'm like, that's so bizarre. And I come back to IT again and I go, I'm just going to get people to train. And it's that, uh, it's that thought process of, I'm going to train you broadly and see where you focus. So you're going to be a specialist like, uh, like special forces. You're all trained on the baseline of this stuff, but you all have specialties and there's been a lack of specialties in uh, in a lot of those companies and they're not prepared because they have the, well, you know, if Jimmy gets hit by a bus, nobody can program Crestron anymore. And big national companies, uh, even here in town, they they have one program. 
I'm surprised my dog who's right behind me is uh, not <laughs> responding to that. So um, two is one and one is none. That whole concept of we got to have highly, high, very redundant staff across the board. If I became sick, if I got uh, COVID-19 and became ill and uh, everything is in place to allow for uh, everything else to happen. I know what my job is, but I have someone else that can do different parts of my job. This is not the Lionel show. It never was supposed to be. And I think a lot of businesses, especially the under 20, under 25 person AB companies, it's the CEO is the head salesperson and then everything else supports that effort. That it's a tri it's a, it's a triangle, a pyramid style business. And that cannot sustain bumps in the road. So I'm, what I see is I see a lot of lack of, uh, of cross-training. I see a lot of our customers going, oh my God, when we used to work with ABC, they only had one guy that could work on our system and he just would run around in a truck all day and then that guy would call us and go, I work 16 hours a day. Can I just work for you and maybe only work 12? And we're like, yeah, you can work eight. It's going to be fine. SBA loans are actually fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, the SBA loans that are being rolled out right now, if you look at what happened during Katrina, that money won't fund for five months. So if you don't have enough money to run for five months, an SBA loan for this emergency is not going to be the right tool. Mm -hmm. That you probably have financial instruments that are available to you now through your banks that you work with and also through your lenders uh, and through your, um, through your uh, distributors. If you look at someone like Ingram Micro, a lot of Ingram Micro's business is their financial instruments business where they help you fund your projects and they float you uh, money. And if you buy the bulk of what it is that you uh, are going to use for a project from them, they'll finance the rest of it. So, Looking at this, uh, looking at that SBA loan uh, that Congress is passing, uh, that's not going to fund very quickly. What I was cautioning against are those internet loans, those, oh, we can fund you up to $500,000. It's basically usury. It is on the edges of legality. They uh, get access to, uh, they become the first lien holder, and then they also access your, um, your bank account, and then we'll just take money directly out of it. And it becomes like one of those, th like loan sharking, where you can't ever get out from under it. But if you do have a good relationship with your bank, um, they should be thrilled to lend you up to 70% of your AR for a line of credit. Just real quickly, clarification around loans. We, like everyone else, cannot predict the future, but there are two things happening on the SBA front. One, there are some bolsters coming that would increase um, funding for traditional SBA loans. There are also emergency SBA loans. They're two different things. Um, if your business can support a slightly higher interest rate, doing the traditional SBA is really helpful because you have presumably 10 years to pay it off. You have a lot of flexibility on that front. Um, and that is an established process where the SBA is guaranteeing your loan, the government's guaranteeing your loan, but the lender itself is your bank. The emergency SBA loans are funded directly 
by the government. They do not have the infrastructure to do this as efficiently as banks do. We don't know what will happen this time, and I would love to be surprised, but the reference that Lionel pointed out was something we learned this week, that on the emergency side, those loans may take weeks and weeks to fund. I'm not clear on the details of the next level of stimulus that's being considered. I know I read in the New York Times yesterday something suggesting some payroll support, um, potentially a couple of weeks of that, maybe up to six weeks, as long as the company could then pay employees for, I think, weeks seven and eight, if I read it correctly. The wording was a little funny, so it's hard just to be sure. Um, that's great. Who's to say if or when it will arrive? You know, from a planning standpoint, making sure that you're um, set up to still be in business when help comes is important. That's, that's really We had the good fortune to have prepared for a rainy day. I'll be honest, this is not the rainy day I saw coming. This is entirely new. Um, but it's not too late to make a plan, to prioritize, to understand cross-training, we still have teams working in the field. They are in largely empty office buildings such that our comfort level is pretty high. But as far as planning goes, we're trying to stabilize those teams so the same groups of two or three people work together such that if someone gets sick, not all of us get sick, that we're trying to do this in small measures. We're also making sure that all passwords in our password database are up to date. We are making sure that everyone is clear on job duties, when bills are due, who has access to what. You know, we believed going into this that we were operating with complete redundancy. We're double checking that because we don't want to find out that we were wrong. So uh, let's say you're an integration firm right now, which is floundering a bit because you know they didn't have a plan for this and you know, you're not sure what, what to do next. Um, I know that this answer would would presumably depend on the company, but what general steps would you advise to take right now to stay afloat in you know, this kind of uncertain economy, at least for the next few months? So a couple of things. First things first, talking to your team, uh, making sure that your team is being treated well, that they understand what is expected of them and what they can do to help. Um, we are very much all of the same mind that we want to succeed and we want to come out of this a little bit, you know, stronger, smarter, you know, better prepared. We are actively managing our cash flow. So reaching out to vendors and um, seeking help where we can find it on, you know, is there any way we can extend to a 45 or 90 day term? Um, there's no guarantee that folks will say yes, but they definitely won't say yes if you don't ask. And dodging them is the worst thing possible. It is. Um, that is the, the most foolish approach to just about any situation. So picking up the phone and saying, hey, we're really concerned about this. Is there any possibility that we can extend our terms, that we can uh, work towards a payment plan? Because quite frankly, from the vendor side of things, everybody would rather that get paid than discover that um, you know, you've gone into bankruptcy and they and everyone else can fight for pennies on the dollar. Nobody wants that. 
nobody wants to go down that road. So talk to folks, see where you can find a little bit of grace. And this is where deals are to be made. You might reach out to Extron and say, I'm going to commit to you to buy everything from you that I possibly can for all of my projects coming up. Balance, controls, um, amplifiers, everything. I will forsake all others in the name of you. You just have to give me better terms. And everyone wants a deal right now. And when, when I hear that from someone, if I were Extron and, you know, fill in the blank on the company that you would put it, I would go, I like that. That's future revenue that I can count on and I'm going to need that. So I'm willing to go to my CFO and say, yeah, that's what I'm willing to look at. And that's not to say, uh, don't have respect for anyone else and, and blow everyone else off. But this is a time where good deal making makes the basket bigger for everyone. Right. Um, our next step is then looking at our services and whatnot that we're paying for. You know, it is easy to be too busy to figure out, do you have the right number of subscriptions? Are you using things? Mm -hmm. um, if the office is empty, you know, do you need recycling pickup? you know, a zillion times a week. Do you need this? Do you need that? Um, Right-sizing those things makes a lot of sense. We are also really actively working our accounts receivable. This is something that we are, on a regular basis, fairly good at. Most of RAR gets collected. I think we usually sit with somewhere between 75 to 85% of RAR in the 1 to 30 certainly the one to 45 day period. Um, on the things that have lingered a little longer, we are actively chasing them down gently. You know, I've seen, I've seen the meme images where this is handled poorly and people are getting, you know, messages from their apartment complex of, you know, hurry up, pay your rent in advance. You never know what'll happen tomorrow. And there's that moment of, wait, wait, why is it my priority that you get paid? Um, but handling it tastefully, because on some level, this is work that we have done. It's complete. It was already budgeted for. Likely somebody just has to say yes and release an ACH transfer or a check. Um, we are also working with some of our clients to secure business down the road. The fact is it's easy to get caught up in the stress and panic of today. The fact is the conversation I have with a lender is going to be a lot stronger if I can say I have all of this work under contract that will kick off beginning in July, you know, make sure that you are still, you know, eyes on the long-term prize, that this is a bump in the road. This is not an apocalypse. Cash is, cash is really important. And there are always discussions internally. And sometimes, sometimes Lindsay gets her way. Sometimes I get my way. And one of these things, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I might say, look, we got a bunch of 91 plus day stuff out there. They're all about 1500 bucks. Offer them a discount. You pay me with a credit card today, 999 out the door and I'll send you a Sonos Play One. Make deals, get money in the door. And she might go, you know what? Those aren't the things I want to collect on right now. What I really want to do is focus on the medium sized ones that are in the 31 to 60 that we really need to focus on. And that's a, and that's a strategy that the finance team can bring the salespeople in on and bring the uh, executives in on and figure out how do we collect money? How do we keep our customers happy? Because you don't want to shake people down because you'll ruin relationships. Being communicative and being transparent and being friendly about it. If you just think about it in those high level 
terms, I think that it's, uh, it's easy to, to guide any conversation. We're also actively having conversations with all of our open projects and pending projects to check in with folks, see how they're doing, see if they need any help. The fact is there are a lot of people who, let's say they've always had video conferencing, but they've never used it without anybody in the actual conference room. And the question becomes, you know, how do we do this or can we do this? What's, what's our best option now that we are all functioning remotely? And being able to just be there as a resource is strengthening those relationships. That may not mean any money in the door today, but that's a client who's going to remember that, hey, when things were messy, you know, you helped. And that's a big deal. Uh, so is there anything else that either of you two would want to say to the uh, AV community as it stands at the moment? Sure. Don't panic. You know, there will be great work for us all to do soon. And if you want to talk about it, it's fine to contact us. I'm Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at Felix Media Solutions. He's Lionel, L-I-O-N-E-L, at Felix Media Solutions. Let's talk. We'll all get through this together. This is going to change the way that we all do business and work and co-work and remote work, and it will change the way that offices are designed. This is a sea change for us uh, culturally across the world, and I think that this is an amazing opportunity to uh, spend time learning, training, getting to know one another, and, uh, and focus on the things that you can actually do something about.